0: Thank you, Lord. So I've asked Marie to lead us in communion this morning. Gave her 10 minutes to prepare, so hopefully she's ready in season it out. But we're going to do it a little different this morning. We're going to set the elements up here. Marie will give a little message and whatever's on her heart, and then uh, she'll invite you up to come and take a piece of bread or cracker and a...
1: We're so blessed to be together. We are one spirit with the Lord. And as we come to this communion table, you know, we come in affectionate remembrance of all he has endured for us. You sit there and you think, didn't die for you know the best people (laughs) he died for everyone for all humanity he took the sins of the entire world upon himself and for him I'm sure there was a, a conference in the in the throne room of heaven before even the foundations of the world. You know, because God knows all things. He knows the end from the beginning. There's nothing that's a surprise to him. And everything, we have to stand believing everything that we pray for happens within his perfect timing sit there and I think of how how much he endured physically. You know, just, you know, the betrayal. You know, people coming and, you know, he was, he was, you know, just thinking, thinking and praying about this before he even went to the cross. Made his Body sweat drops of blood. So he endured for us even the the mental anguish. Sometimes that we as human beings go through. And then the the lashes he took upon his back. Thirty nine of them. Do you know that there are only thirty nine diseases in which. All the other diseases come from. And, you know, the nails upon his hands and his feet and the crown of thorns upon his head. And then his side pierced for us. But even the physical things that he went through. I think the hardest thing for our Lord and Savior was when his father, because when he placed the sin of all humanity upon his son, for a short time had turned his face. And for that short period of time, Jesus felt the separation that we felt before we received him as our Lord and Savior. There's nothing that he didn't feel that we go through. He endured it all for us. So as we come to the communion table, we're going to take these elements with affectionate remembrance of all that our Lord and Savior, you know, did for us on the cross was his death, his you know, paying our penalty those three days in 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 the depths of hell. But you know he he <laughs> he had to hold it. He held his hand out to Satan. I'm sure in hell and he said, I I paid for them keys. I want them back. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure he didn't want to give it, but he had to. You know, so and then when he rose, he rose so that we could. We could be righteous as he is righteous. You know if he would have just died and not had risen, we would have never been able to to walk in righteousness and holiness and and be imitators of Christ as dear children. And I just I just I thank him every day for all that he's done. But when we come to that table, that that's so special. It's And we're coming together as one. And we just thank you, Lord, for that. So, dear Lord, as we take the elements of bread and wine this this morning, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you endured for us. And we take it in affectionate remembrance of you until your sure return in Jesus
0: name. Thank you, Lord, praise you Jesus, you know when we were singing <coughs> we were we we talked you know the one of the songs talked about, let all the thrones before him fall, let all the thrones before him fall you know and i just I just got to thinking and i'm like what what thrones what thrones are there you know there's there's thrones that we set up you know there's thrones that we set up in our own life and uh you know obviously we want those to fall if they're not of him you know if they're if they're from the you know from whatever but i think there could be thrones that other people try to set up against us too right i mean there are other other thrones that are kind of imposed upon us I just pray that those thrones fall too if they're if they're not of God, you know, if, if whatever if it's a word spoken or you know or a, an attitude, you know, pressed on, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um I was just thinking about, you know, just that those thrones and you know, and it, and kind of relating to you know what was on my heart this morning in terms of thrones being seen as mountains. Um and so um You know, this morning I want to talk a little bit about being mountain movers. Um, And what what does that look like? What does that mean? And so, you know, when we talk about, you know, having those thrones in our lives, you know, those are mountains. They're mountains. They're mountains that that we put up. They're mountains that maybe people impose upon us, you know. And so, um, and maybe there's mountains that the enemy throws against us. You know, we we all face mountains. And so we wanna be mountain movers. And so um so I just talked a little bit about that this morning and um gonna start in not where you would think I would start. But we're gonna start in Isaiah forty. And uh Isaiah forty talking about um God's people being comforted um, in that. And so, just start in verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 1. It says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received the, the, from the, the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So, this is you know obviously you know Israel being uh, you know comforted in their time of you know of their perpetual cycle of of up and down and you know and sin and exile and. You know, back and you know, on this whole roller coaster that they've had, and you know, God bringing them back, and and then them forgetting, and then you know they sin again, and then they get put, they get brought into exile, and then they, you know, repent and they come back, and so. But, but God says, you know, um, it, it says He says that. For she she has received from the Lord's hand double, of all her sins and I, that that really stuck out to me it's just you know that god like we just celebrated god has paid double for our sins you know some there's a there's a theological um i guess debate about what exactly that means but you could you could just deduce that it's it's likely he's talking about you know that because of their sin that God has has redeemed them by you know through a double I I use my words but through a double portion like he's he's paid back double you know isn't that what Jesus did you know he paid more than double he paid it all like he like everything like there was it was more than double but but because of that you know that's just the goodness of God that's his that's how good our god is you know i don't know that there are any religious religions in the world that can claim that fact you know that their god that the god that they believe in the god that they serve or whatever has paid double plus for their sin and their iniquity you know, I mean, I, I I think we are we're the only Christian. The Christianity is the only, you know, um, I for lack of a better term, religious um, people that can claim that of their God. And praise God for that. He's good, and and he's done it all. So praise God. He he gives he gives he gave he paid double for their sins, and then he talks about that. There's a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Well, we know where, where that, that, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know, talking about John the Baptist. You know, saying the same words, right? Prepare the way. Prepare the way. It's so one one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. You ever think about that? Make straight in the desert a highway. You know, I mean, when you think about being in the desert, I don't think of highways. I don't think of any, I mean, I if I were in the wandering in the desert, I think I would be, I'd probably just fall down and die. Because it's hot. There's no, like, there's no frame of reference because it's all sand and dirt and there, you know, it's blowing and you have drifts and, you know, and all this, you know, like, where am I even going? You know, I'm, I'm not heading anywhere. You know, I I, be, I me personally, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I couldn't, I could not go on the show alone. Couldn't do that, you know. But just to wander somewhere without any direction, without any guidance, without any, you know, like, it's just, there's, it's, you know, you lose, it's almost, de- you know, you become delusional, you know, in a way. You, you start to see, you know, on the cartoons, you know, they show, they see the mirage, you know, and they run to the mirage, you know like whatever no cuz your your mind starts playing tricks on you and whatever well i mean that's kind of the picture that he's giving here is that he's making straight up a highway in the desert like it's giving direction it's giving a path to walk on it's giving a clear way to to go and and that's 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 who God is he makes makes it straight and I'm getting somewhere, so hang with me. But he makes straight the path in the desert, a highway for God. And every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. And that's really where that's really kind of what was what's on, what was on my heart this morning was about about moving mountains and bringing those mountains low, because we all face mountains. We all have mountains in our lives, right? Unfortunately, when we become Christians, all our problems don't just suddenly go away. <laughs> I wish it were so, you know. I wish it was just like uh, we'd never have to deal with any more sickness or disease or, or, people, um, you know, problems. Anybody have any people problems. Praise God. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's right. I know. I know. Right. It's kind of. It's kind of. <laughs> Counterintuitive, it's kinda like, you know, you know, not really the way it's supposed to be. But you know what I'm saying? It's like if I didn't have any if I gosh, I wish I just didn't have any problems. You know. But unfortunately it's not that way, but those mountains can be made low. The hills can be made low and the valleys brought up. Right? The valleys that we experience. We go we go you know, some when you go from mountain to mountain, well there's valleys between mountains. You know, and sometimes we go through those valleys. And you know, God can bring us up from those things. He can bring the valleys high and, and and the mountains low. And so and He makes He makes the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth and whatever it's just giving us a picture of what God can do in our lives. And and when we despair and are discouraged and when we're just down, you know, in in things. Like this is something to remember that this is what God can do for us and will do for us. You know, it's what he it's what he says. He will do. And so what about the mountains of life? What about those things that we face? You know, what about the and they're real, you know, I I don't I don't mean to um ever say, you know, one of the things that drives me the, the drives me crazy the most about the Christian community is, well, you just need to pray more. Well, you just need to have more faith. Well, you just need to blah, 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 whatever. It's like, well, I mean, gosh, if I hadn't thought about that sooner, I'd have been out of this trouble. You know, boy, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think I just needed more faith? Why didn't I think I just should pray more? you know whatever, if it were that easy right but the but it's real stuff that we deal with right and and on the other side of things, sometimes we do make things a little more difficult than what they need to be too, right I mean, it's kind of kind of both ways, right? Sometimes we make it too easy, sometimes we make it too hard, you know, and it's like there's a middle ground there, you know, and the middle ground is what God says. The middle ground is what God says He'll do. He says He will make a highway in the desert for Him, and make straight our paths. So, it's it's not about what we can do; it's about what He can do. Amen. And so let's look at Matthew 17, probably what you th- where you thought I was heading in the first place. Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 14. and this is uh you know specifically talking about you know a boy that was healed you know Jesus you know traveling through and doing his ministry you know walking through and 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 ministering to people and doing miraculous things right and uh this particular part of scripture is you know is 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 a is a parallel scripture in in uh, Matthew Mark and Luke you find you know parallels in in each of those but it says, in verse 14, it says, "And when they had come to, to the, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, "Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water." That sounds like a problem. You know, I remember my my nephew was little and he was running around and fell into the fire. You know, it was Nathan, my uh, and they have rushed him to the hospital and whatever. It's not a good, it's not a good thing. You know, you can get you know obviously it's it could cause some very serious problems. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, "O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you?" How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Amen? He was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately, probably because they were embarrassed. You know, they were standing there, and this guy's like, these guys couldn't do it, so maybe you can, you know? I don't know what's the matter with these dudes. They've been, you know, whatever, but I know we know you can. You know, well, they went to the source, and that's, that's always a good place to go. And so they, they came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, "Move from here to there," and it will move. And nothing will imp- will be impossible for you. And then he says, "Adds on this last thing." He says, "However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting." So he's telling him, he's giving him, he's giving him like instruction on what you know, like on what to do in this in this scenario. This particular person, you know, needed to be cast out and they, they, they needed to be, well, when we pray and fast, what is that? That's ridding ourselves of ourselves, right? When we pray and fast, it's like getting rid of us and allowing God to fill us up. You know, and so when we pray and fast, you know, sometimes we, you know, that th- that is what is required in order to overcome a demonic influence, right? And so, and so we, and and we need to be led in that. But Jesus is—he's—he's—he's he's re- he's rebuking them in a sense because they followed him for all, you know, all this time, and they've been following him and seeing, him do all this stuff, and he's instructing them and whatever, and and they're like. You know, they and this guy comes and he couldn't do it. He couldn't. They couldn't cast it out, and whatever, and and they were there like, well, how come? How come? What was our problem? How come we couldn't do it? And he gives them the, the the idea that yes, it's it takes faith, right? But what were you having faith in? Right? To me, it it it. If I look into it a little deeper, in my my personal. Interpretation, <laughs> which you have to obviously obviously have to be careful with that, but my personal opinion is that they were trying to do it in and of their own strength they were they 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 were probably trying to work it themselves in what they thought the formula was, right, and there was well, if we do a, b, c, and d, we'll get e, you know. Well he says, No, this one comes out by prayer and fasting. You miss you missed that part. And so sometimes we try to do things by a formula. We try to we say, Well, we have this mountain and so, you know, well I, I did A plus B plus C last time, so I must do A plus B plus C this time. You know, we get this formula in our head of how things are supposed to be rather than just going back to the source. That's what the that's what the that's what the guy did. He went back to the source. Right? Well, these guys couldn't do it, so I'll just go to Jesus himself, right? We should always go back to him, and whatever whatever mountain it is, whatever thing we need moved out of our life, right? Now, are you talking about physical mountains that's a, that's another debate. What is it talking about an actual mountain? you know well, I mean, I think God could move a mountain literally. He's, I mean, he's big enough to do that, right? He's created the world. He kind of knows how they're all put together, huh? Did I say kind of? Did I say kind of? Okay. What did I say kind of? He knows how kind of, kind of knows how. To, yeah, it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, you know, it's like kind of. He's kind of like he's kind of smart. You know that way? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I kind of need a boat. Thank you. Yeah, I thank you. I, that's why I like Michael. He's right there for me. He's got my back. What's that? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lifting other you know, Speaking of moving mountains, um, anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> but right. I mean, I, he literally could move a mountain if he wanted to. You just take this. Mount Rushmore and go and go, you know, and move it somewhere else. I think he should <laughs> put it to New York personally, but I think that'd be funny. But um, but uh, you know, it's a it's an a- the application is is that it's 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 those mountains in our lives too that that need to be moved, right? Obviously, this in context is a mountain to this guy that comes to Jesus and says, my 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 son is he's an epileptic and having issues with falling into the fire and in water i need help it's a mountain i don't know what to do you know what do, what do i do how do i how do i get rid of this because you know your disciples they they didn't seem to know the answer oh well maybe the disciples if they didn't they should have just said "Man, why don't you Here, let's take you we're gonna go to jesus and find this out right instead of trying to do it on our own, in our own strength and trying to do it on our own you know that's that's that was m- m- my opinion probably what their problem was you know and they just didn't see it they saw they 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 saw this 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 algebraic equation <laughs> and said this is how it's done right it's not always done the same Tell, I, I i don't know in my own life i don't know of times when god does things exactly the same You know, go dip in the river seven times. Are you crazy? What? Yeah. 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 I think it's still on. Five, four. There it is. I was
2: just saying about that, that it's, you know, how it's not always a formula. Yeah. And yet the example that you just gave about go dip in the river. Yeah. He literally gave him the yep. formula yep. for that moment. And how many times do we not want to do the thing he told right. us to do, And then we wonder why. You know, he'll say, do this thing. Well, never mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. It, it, you're, and you're right. It's not, it's not, a, f- it's not a formula that, that repeats necessarily. But it can be a formula for that particular moment. But because we have this formula that's a, you know, we think that this is a repeatable formula that we have, we don't like, well, that's that's the wrong formula. So we, we need to go by this one, not that one. God, you're wrong. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good luck, you know. And so, but, yeah, sometimes he does give us what would appear to be a formula, but it's not always, it's not a repeatable thing necessarily and so we get stuck in that and i think the disciples got stuck in that and they had within them what they needed it says if you have a faith of a mustard seed well they they had they must have had at least a little bit of faith of a mustard seed cuz they were following him around for however long they i don't think if they would if they had faith that jesus was who he said he was and could do what he said he could do they i don't think they would have followed him around a, 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 as as long as they did and as, as much as they did and and did what they did with him. I would have been said, this guy's nuts. Let's go back to fishing and make some money. You know? No, no, they gave up everything. They they threw them so. okay, yeah, whatever. I have faith that this guy is really who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. So they had the faith. They had what they needed. You know? And so when somebody says, well, you just have to have more faith. Well, what does that mean? You know, what do you mean? Do no, I have to have more faith? Are you saying that I'm just like unfaithful? You know, I'm like, no. You every we've we've all been given a measure of faith, right? We've all get, and, and it only takes a little tiny bit. You know, the mustard seed we know is a tiny, you know, tiny little seed. For the disciples, you mean, or for, yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe. Yeah, I mean I, I I don't think Jesus was being harsh with them, but I think he was, you know, getting a point across that guys, you've got what you need. You've got you've got what you need. You're already there, you know. Stop trying to rely on you. Stop trying to you know, you know, get in get in praying fast and rid yourself of you, and get all that, you know, stinking thinking as they call it out, right. And, and start getting the God thinking, you know. And so he says just, you know, it's just the faith of a mustard seed because when we talk about, um, you know, what it takes and, and, and being being rid of us and that it's really, it has nothing to do with us in the first place, you know. And to go to the source, we look at look at 2 Corinthians 3, 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 4 and it says and we have such trust through Christ toward God not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. It's not of us. It's not of us. It's not of, of of ourselves. When we go by the letter of the law, it kills. We have to go by the spirit and follow His leading and His guiding. That was that was. Part of what their problem was was they were going by the letter of the law, by the letter of you know, and it, it goes, turn, goes back to that that um, that equation, you know, of of what they were following. That they were following what they thought was the right way to do it, rather than being led by the Spirit. And so when we when we're led by the Spirit, according to what the, what it's saying in the Word, we can move mountains, and the mountains can be removed, right? Jane just told me this, uh, this morning. I'm going to repeat the, your, your testimony that you shared about Kathy and her son. Hopefully, it's okay if it's on recording, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's awesome. Kathy's son, who been, she's been praying for for years, right? 40 plus years, she's been praying for him. He gave her a ride home from Red Wing, from home to the hospital. To Rochester, and they had a conversation, and Kathy shared with them the gospel. She was ministering according to the Spirit, right? She wasn't hammering him with the word, and you know, and slapping him, and going, oh kaha can you be dumb?" and whatever, blah blah blah. Oh, don't you know? No, she was uh, through grace and mercy, I'm sure, because I know Kathy. And love for him, for his soul, and then just and just and and just compassion toward his soul. Talk to him, and. I'm you correct me if I'm wrong, I'm repeating what Jane told me this morning, but as they as they conversed his his soft was his his heart was soft, and he was open to receive for the first time in a long time, and he was open to it, and he was like, yeah you, you know yeah i I hear what you're saying and i i you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the i'm gonna go to the left behind movie and watch that. Apparently this, the Left Behind movie is out and has a has a salvation message at the end by Mike Huckabee, you know, and whatever. And so he's gonna go to this movie and wa- and watch and whatever. he's told his mom. First, I mean, forty plus years this has been going on. And she, I know her heart. I I've, I've talked with her and I've heard her that her heart is for her kids, and and just wanting them to be saved and wanting them to to know the love of God and to walk in that it's been a mountain in her life that's a, it's been a mountain that she's want she's wanted to have, have moved and you know and doesn't always move in our timing but this the mountain this mountain because of her faithfulness because she's she's gone to the source over and over and over and over again with the faith that she's got God, I know you can do this. I know you can move this mountain. I know that you can you have that you can, you can make the you can make straight a highway in the desert for direction and guidance. And it's being removed. It's moving. God is moving it. And I'm I'm believing with her that it will be completely out of the way and thrown into the sea. Huh? The mountain that the mountain will be completely removed. In that situation, All right? Amen. I had a dream the other night. To share this with you I dreamed the other night. We were at Patax. I don't know who. Me and some other people were at Patax in the back room. I have no idea what the, no idea what the significance of that is. It was just we were at Patax in the back room of Patax, standing talking. Whatever, could have been anywhere. In comes Kathy and Dave. Locked in. Dave walked in completely normal. Completely normal. Walked in, he was talking, he was standing upright. He had all of his faculties. He was in a he was in a joyful mood. He was everything was like just like nothing had happened. Perfect. That's the dream I had the other night. And I'm like yeah, I believe that in Jesus' name. That mountain is gonna be removed. And I'm, so I was praying for him last night. You know, that, that Lord I just that touch him right even right now. At this moment. That you will begin to just release the faculties that he that he has to be able to function the way you Yep, perfectly and normally the way God created him. That everything will be made whole. You know, and that and, and, and so God you know puts these things in us when we, and when we, when he puts those in us, we need to pray them out and, and speak them out, because that's how that mountain gets moved is by us exercising the faith that we do have. We have that little bit of faith, even if it's a little bit. God, I know you can do it. Turn to first John five. First John five. Uh, Verse 14. It says, 1 John 5, verse 14, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he he hears us. He hears us. He hears us. Is anyone wondering if God hears you? If you're wondering if God hears you, you can have confidence knowing that he does. He hears you. He is not deaf. He is not blocked to your prayers. Unless, huh? Unless there's unforgiveness in your heart, right? It says, you need to you need to walk in forgiveness toward others, right? That is one one instance where he can block, where 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 uh, not we can block our prayers being up being being heard by him. So if there's any unforgiveness in you, we need to we need to get that get that right and and remove that block from him hearing us. But, if that's, not a, if that's not the case, and that's not something that is, is a problem, He hears us. God's, God's not deaf to us. He's not cold to us. He's not indifferent to us. He hears our cries. Just as in Isaiah 40 said, He hears our cry. Did it say at the beginning? Go, I just want to quote it back. He says, the, one, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. This is obviously talking about John. But it says, The voice said, cry out. And he said, why shall I cry? In verse, This is verse uh, 6 in, in Isaiah 40. And he goes on and talks about the grass and, the, and, the, and we being the grass and, and you know, whatever, and God sustaining us and, and holding up with a strong hand. He shall come with a strong hand. His arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is in him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd and will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Amen, God hears us, people. He hears our prayers, and if we know that He hears us, first John five verse fifteen, and if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. okay, got now careful because people have misused the scripture the christian world has misused the scripture god i need a Mercedes. i need a boat god i need a boat i want a boat so i'm gonna pray that i have a boat okay see i know right that's a that's a really good question that's an excellent question to ask well, the really, the big question is, is it God's will? Go back to verse 14. If we ask anything according to his will, is it God's will for me to have a boat? Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Because even my wife is getting on board, no pun intended. I'm just kidding. Right. But it's it's according to his will, Right didn't say, I'm sorry, I don't see anywhere where, you know, where we, you know, I I need a Mercedes, I'm going to claim a Mercedes, and that's going to, because it says whatever I ask, I can have, right, that's a, that's a selfish prayer to me, that's, that's like, it's about self, it's about what I want, what I need, give me the things that I want and I need, right, because I want one. Need is a whole different thing. Nobody needs a Mercedes, I'm sorry, but, right? But it's what I want, you know. it's not That's not according to his will. I mean, unless he tells you, pray for a Mercedes. If he tells you to pray for him and that's his will for your life, then pray pray for it and I believe that you're going to get it. Right? But not having a Mercedes is not a mountain in your life. I'm sorry. It's just not. Right? the mountains he's talking about are things that come against us, things that are in our way to proceed to his to his will that to to his you know purpose for us those mountains that are impassable they can't be they can't be traversed is that the right word <laughs> The mountains that can't be traversed, they can't can climb them. You can't get around them. You know, whatever. Blah blah blah. Think about you know. Think about when when that when that when the pilgrims came here and they you know had there was no roads, <laughs> there was no you know, and they come to a river and they're like, ah, uh, what do we do now? You know, <laughs> you know, I had to figure out a way to get around it. Right? You certainly can say something.
2: He was just talking about those mountains being made low, and he gave the example of the Mercedes. And I was actually thinking to different things in our life, in our testimony, where God has given us material, material things. He's blessed us with material things. And, um, you know, our first house. Um, just so many things. Mm-hmm. A sink, a front door, and an added cantilever on the front of the house. They're all things that I had, like, built up. Kind of like a mountain that might be in my way. Like maybe a Mercedes could be in your way. Like a mountain between you and God and where you're supposed to be. And it's interesting because I remember each of those things. So the pre-added two feet on the front bedroom cantilever of our house, front door, sink. And I went to the Lord with it. And I was like, Lord, it is so stupid that I'm just not content with whatever, and help me to be content with the sink I have. Lots of people like metal sinks for the, nu- the house. And, and it's just dumb. Why is, this, why is this thing bothering me so much that I'm so distracted by it? Why this front door, yeah, it's ugly. You know, Lord, it's an ugly front door. like so ugly. But you know what? It's a front door. So, like, God, help me to be content with this front door and be thankful for this front door. And, you know, we're getting a house, like, a lot of people don't have a house. What is wrong with me? Father God, forgive me for this attitude that I'm having about our house, having an ugly thought front and looking like the other one and looking like a cookie cutter because we're getting a house, and who cares? And so mountain, mountain, mountain. And did you see what the Lord was doing in me? Bring no okay, not that I'm like, oh, uh, because we know we all have our, right? Okay, These are the these are the good stories. Okay, but he brought them low, and I honestly— was done with it. Like I put it before him, it was brought low. And then all of a sudden he's like, And just because I care about you, ta Here's a front door. Here's a white sink. The builder called said we want to add an extra two feet of the cantilever. I'm like, Well that will work. Um so it is a perspective shift. I mean material things are material things, but they can be mm-hmm. a mountain between us and God and He doesn't want anything between us. But it's not that he's opposed to giving us good gifts. You know. It's just like us with our right. kids, right? Amen. I want a pony. <laughs> You're not getting a pony. You know, but mm-hmm.
0: anyway. Yeah. Amen. 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 So yeah. And so, you know, I, I you know, I I, I keep Know, keep saying it. You can know, go back to the source, right? You can go back to the source. You know, I was thinking about, you know, Simeon. I, I mentioned a couple of you that Simeon had was in a basketball tournament this weekend. Um, you know, their little homeschool group that's m- been meeting for a few years now, and he's starting to coach. And just, uh, we're hugely blessed by him, and he's awesome and whatever, but he's 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 Teaching him character, but he's also really good at like the game and knows the game and is skilled and wants to bring him up, you know, whatever. Well, they won the tournament this weekend. It was really cool. Um, so it was fun. But I was thinking about, you know, I was just thinking about it, just so many things in basketball, you know, in sports and whatever are so relatable and whatever. I remember when I was playing and 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 we had, um, you know, we were we were we had played together for since we were. Uh, my senior year, the team that we had together, we had played since we were in kindergarten, you know, and grow, you know, we were in small towns, so we all grew up together. We all knew each other. We played together, you know. When we were in eighth grade, we went through our, you know, our conference completely undefeated. I mean, totally. You know, I mean, we were just, and we grew up. As w- and then when we all became seniors, I mean, this was the team. We, we, we just, I mean, we were going through the conference and like chewing it up. No, I mean, we were so cohesive and so good. And um and nobody could beat us. You know, we were just I mean we had a, I don't know, I don't remember how what our record was, but I mean we win this tournament, we won that tournament, whatever. Well, we went to the region finals and we were, we were up against, you know, Duluth Central. Boo, you know boo you know, whatever. But you know, I mean we went through the the regions like th- no problem, right? Anyway, we had this 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 the, the my the friend of mine that was on the team, he was he was a phenomenal athlete. This, guy, this kid was just, he was he was a, a finalist for Mr. Basketball, not a finalist, but he was a candidate for Mr. Basketball in the state of Minnesota. He was on our team. He was our star player, right? And he was the one that oftentimes we look to for like, you know, hey, <laughs> get us out of this one, or, you know, win this one, or we need a shot, you know, not a big shot. We'll give it to Drew. Drew, you know, here go, Drew, you know, whatever. And, um and there was a game up in, in Barnum that we were playing, and he hurt his knee. He went down and twisted his knee and hurt it and whatever, and I don't, he, I don't know if he ever, I don't think he had surgery that year, but, but he was out for a few weeks, you know, and so they had, and then he had to come back and you know brace and everything. When he did come back, well, we were in the region finals against Duluth Central, and he goes up for a shot, and the kid pushes him as he goes up for a shot, and he falls, and he twists his knee again, out, out for the game. And this is the one, this is the guy we relied on. This was the person that we were like, looked to, you know, to carry us through when we needed it. Now he's out. You know, immediately the, the mood changed on the team. Like our, our whole perspective, everything just changed. It was like, we're done. We, can, we're not, we can't, you know, we're not going to win this, you know, with, without him. With Drew out, and we're, what are we going to do? You know, whatever and we did. We ended up losing the game and we lost in the region final. We had a chance to go to state together as a team and we, we we lost out. You know. But I thought about that and I thought it's kinda how we are as Christians, is we have we have Jesus on our team, the guy we look to for everything. Like he's our go to. Like, okay, hey, get us out of this one. You know? We, we need to carry us on your back on this one. You know, we need your help. You're 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 the guy. Like right, I mean, how much how much better to have him on our team, knowing that he's going to carry us through. That we go to him when any time we need to be like brought out of a situation, go to the source. You know, and and that's 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 that it. Just I just gave me that picture of who Jesus is. He's like he's the guy on our team that can move the mountain. He, he's like he's the one that can like overcome this thing, you know, when we're on the, you know, when we're in the final minutes of the, of the game, and, and we need it, we need a, we need a three-pointer, you know, you you take it, you shoot it, <laughs> Jesus, right, Or we need a, we need a, we're at the, you know, we're at the, you know, we're at the 15-yard line, okay, well, and, and we need, you know, 10 yards, and, you know, instead of our quarterback throwing three yards, vikings um you know and not getting a first down you know we need a guy that can chuck at the field and you know and get a get a touchdown you know sorry it's, i was just relating to brian <laughs> you know what i'm saying though right that's who jesus is for us and w- we need to go back to the one guy that can do it you know we we start to rely on I mean, while you sit on the bench and we'll play the, you know, we'll play the game and never mind that we got it, you know. So, praise God. I'm gonna just read this quote and then we'll we'll finish there. It says, "Growing in faith is not about studying or intellect. Those though these things can help. It is not about rigor or discipline. Those though these also have their place in our growth." Rather, growing in faith is growing in relationship. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Growing in faith is just simply growing in relationship with Him and knowing that He's our guy. He's, 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 our, he's our guy. He's our go-to. You see, it, it's about Him. He's the star of the team, and I'm okay with that. Go ahead. Thank you. Five, four, three, two, one.
2: It's kind of crazy because Kyris and I stayed up talking until 2 in the morning last night about this subject. He didn't know that, but we're a little tired today. Kar- I was saying it's interesting because Kairos and I actually were stayed up till about 2 in the morning last night talking about this subject. Uh, John didn't know that. Um, but one of the things we were talking about and just as John was wrapping up, is there's a book, I can't think it's Price, it's an old book, and uh, he was a guy that was, um, he had a healing ministry, and he would go around from place to place to place, and um, did you read it, Ricky, when they read it with R- with RVCC, that book? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Anyway, I didn't even get through the whole book, but one of the illustrations that he gave stuck with me. He would go, and he would have these healing ministries, and people would get healed like all kinds of people would get healed miraculous healing he would see it it would be amazing but it he said it always bothered him why didn't everyone get healed why were why did some get healed and some left the same like what was that it really bothered him because we know our god is good why and i didn't get to the end of the book but let me tell you the story because it's it it was it's a meaty book it's one where you you know anyway but he gave an illustration of these two women. There was this meeting he had and they both couldn't walk. They both had wheelchairs. And the one came with the wheelchair and she pulled up and she told him, drop me off and take the wheelchair home. I won't be needing it anymore. And she got her healing. And she walked out. And the other woman looked and said, well, God's no respecter of persons. Take my wheelchair home. And she didn't get her healing. And he proposed that maybe sometimes when we think we are acting in faith, the first woman had spent that time with the Lord and gotten this like revelation that she knew that she knew that she knew because she spent that time in that relationship with the Lord. What John was saying that our faith is increased by relationship, so she could totally, without flinching, say, Take it home, I won't need it. The second woman was operating under presumption formula, whatever you want to call it. So they had a talk, they prayed, whatever. The healing meeting went on, and the second woman decided, that's it. I'm just pressing into God. Like, I don't even care anymore. I don't care about the sink or the door or the thing or the wheelchair, whatever it is. Obviously, like, I'm not trying to trivialize the fact that she was in. But so Friday... Came and went, and the guy was waiting. He's like, "This woman is at the throne of God. She's coming up to the altar. She's she's doing some business with God here." And you, he's seeing it. He's seeing her ch- her countenance change, all the things. And the the meeting ends, and he's like, "And he's like, God, should I should I pray for? her? He's like, No. Nope. Sh- should I go lay hands on her? No. Nope. Like, oh, okay. So they had him on Sunday just to come to the service um, before he had to fly out." And uh, the woman was there, and she's just meeting with her God and having worship. And God told him, now, go pray for her now. And she got her healing. And he, that story stuck with, this is a testimony that he's giving this book. This isn't like a fictitious work. But um, that so many times, especially when we hear like, well, you don't have enough faith, we take it like as it's an insult, like, like we're deficit in character or something, or we're deficit in we're not as good of a Christian kind of thing. Well, A, that's not what defines us as Christians. So that's a whole other sermon if you need to hear more about that. any Okay. But that even like the man that said when he went about it, was it his daughter, and he said, if you believe, you know, your daughter would be made real, Lord, I believe, and immediately in the presence of Jesus, couldn't even be lie about it, Lord, help my unbelief, you know, so that that just to really drive it home, we don't always have the answers about why things don't go the way we want, but do we know that we know that we know that God is good, do we know that he we know that we know? that the devil is bad? Do we know that we know that we know that he's worth following whether we get out of the wheelchair or not? You know, and even, this has been something that's bothered me for a long time in our flavor of churches is I'm fine if no one's there in the church with the wheelchair because they all got healed. But sometimes I think we chase people off because we focus too much on the wheelchair and not about the relationship. Do you know what I'm saying? That's all I have to say about probably not all I have to say about that, but that's all I have to say about that right now. Uh, Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are good. And if we doubt it even for a second as the enemy s- roams about like a roaring lion trying to get us to trip us up and bring the doubt, Father God, I think we can run to you with that doubt. You are big enough. We don't have to fake it till we make it, Father God. We just need that relationship with you. But Father God, I thank you that you are good. That you are worthy of it all, of all of our praise, of all of our adoration, of just seeking you, seeking more of you, seeking more of your presence, more of your peace, more of your truth, Father God. Help us, Father God, to just be willing to lay aside anything that we have believed or bought or settled for or accepted that's not from you. Father God, we want what you want for us. We don't want to slip into, Father God, going through the motions. Father God, have your way in this place, but have your way in our hearts and our lives and our minds. Let our words, be just so dripping with honey because of time spent with you. That we would be salty. That we'd be the salt and light of the earth, Father God. That, you know, the ten-cow-story Father God where the, the guy overpaid for his bride and they came back and nobody recognized her because she became what she was valued at. And as John said, Jesus paid more than what was owed for us. He did it for us because we already are valuable in His sight. So help us to rise to that. We just pray everyone's blessing, a blessing over everyone as they're coming and going, as they're rising up and lying down. I thank you that we are the first and not the last. And Father God, I thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness that we can lean into those hard people when you say lean into them and, and, and hug a porcupine, Father God, that we are more than able, we are more than able because of you and what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.